0: Good morning, everyone. Good to see you today. We are going to continue in a series entitled Invested. We've been looking at this for the last couple weeks. We're going to do this again. And if you have your Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, page 824, if you want to use this Bible sitting in front of you. I want to share a story with you today. I want to share some of Jesus' words with you today that I think will challenge us, hopefully encourage us as well. Because we've been considering how God invested in us. That's what the cross is a picture of, God's investment in us. And then he says, in light of that, we are called to invest our lives for Him, for His kingdom, for His people. And so we will look at that today. Before we dig into this, though, I want to give you a quick update of our Sierra Leone trip. Our team got back... uh, Was that like eight days ago or something like that? And uh, anyway, we've got a few pictures we want to show for you today. We won't be able to tell everything. So I'm going to have Amy Acord and Chris Spivey come up. Would you welcome them up onto the stage real quickly, please? This is two of our team of four that went... And uh, we'll hear from Cyrus and Pamela next service. So you got next service off. Sweet. So uh, tell us a little bit about the trip. Uh, Go for it. We'll have Uh, some pictures here as well.
1: Honestly, uh, we we cherished each and every one of your prayers for us because it could not have gone smoother. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was some challenges in in France that was going on. The air traffic controllers were striking. And a big prayer, uh, answer to prayer was they were striking all the way up until the day we got there, and then they started striking immediately after we left. Hmm. So we, we got there, yeah, and we didn't have to you. worry about thank any layovers, you. and all of our bags got there. That's always a good thing. Go to West Africa. We've gone
0: there for uh, since 2011. Uh, tell us about some of the things you saw. Give us some reports, please.
1: Yeah, uh, so we got some photos here. Uh, actually i'll let Amy talk about this one. This is uh, the water well we just recently put in.
2: Hello, so this was at Grace Village Orphanage, and these children are true orphans, and they're each sponsored and so our church, through the Christmas compassion, paid to have the well put in in the back and they're using it there and they're using it right now, but it also is very exciting they're going they're in the process of building a new bathroom for these children, and it will have showers and all the needs that they need, and it w- this well will feed that, um, that structure in the back of the orphanage.
0: Yeah, and so a lot of these kids were orphaned through the Ebola epidemic a few years back, and uh, we got to be a part of that, so hey, thank you everyone Absolutely. for giving to that. Got to see our school. Oh, man, Chris, what are you talking about then today? Okay, Amy, keep going. <laughs> I was only
2: supposed to talk about the school. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is Moyamba School. They are, there are 200 students that go there and 17 staff. And um, there's a How lot of... How many did
0: you say go to that school? 200 students. 200 students. Yes. Woo!
2: And it's like our junior high and our senior high. And so we got the chance to sit in on some of the classrooms. They were very happy to see us. They were shy, but they would kind of look at you and smile and turn away. And I loved how professional the uh, staff was and the teachers. They truly um, loved the children. They were complimentary in um, their teaching and their praise for their the work that they do. And it was a lot of fun. The, the kids wanted us to take snappies, which are photos. And I think they just wanted us to be their voice and for us to love them, and for, for you guys all to be able to see them and pray for them.
0: Yeah, so this is a school. We, history on that, uh, 2013, I think, is when we helped build the church building and fund that and help put the roof on. They did this school one or two years after that, and so that school has grown from 30 kids to now 200, just fantastic.
1: Yeah, their biggest uh, uh, request is simply just to remember them yeah. and pray for them, yeah. so... Uh, we are honored to be a part of that and so in uh let's
0: see today's in two weeks we're going to have some pictures we've had pictures of these kids before and they're on your refrigerators at homes and things like that so we will do that again in two weeks from today we're just not quite ready for that yet
1: yeah yeah so then we had an opportunity this is uh just a big blessing this is the church that we built um back in, in 2013 and uh it was a blast. Cyrus and I both got a chance to uh, do stuff for the church service, and it's truly amazing to be a part of their worship service. They, they really do it up, uh, and it's just it's a blast. They, uh, the joy of the Lord is just on their faces. We couldn't understand everything that they were saying, but you can, you can see the Lord just in their faces and how excited they are. One of the things that we ta- have taken away, it's a saying. It says, by the grace of God, blank, I will go here, I will go do this, I will have food, and that's, that's uh, a true in everyday life for them, mm. but um, we also had an opportunity to go down and do some baptisms, and uh, we had an opportunity to baptize 17 uh, people, mm. and uh, this is actually... I think that's worthy. of it,
0: that's pretty awesome.
1: Truly amazing, this is uh, one of the, the rivers that we got to go, this is a small town right outside of Moyamba. Uh, And the funny thing was, we just had a church service, and uh, this lady, they invite us, and we have dinner at this chief's house, and she started dancing around us. And we're like, what is going on? This is really odd. They don't do this in the US, Uh, maybe at Red Robin, but um, (laughs) it was the first time she had seen a white person Hmm. come to her village, and she was dancing for joy because it it was just hope, there was hope for the first time that she experienced so thank yeah. you for your yeah. prayers
0: so uh we have this willamette community church in albany we have willamette community church in moyamba as well and uh, we have a christian school right here in this building but we have a christian school in west africa as well and so i just want to say thank you and thank Amy you and yeah. chris thank you for going this was your third trip is that right yeah and your first trip so thank you for going and right. representing us so well you guys Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And so, yeah, And in, in two weeks we'll uh, show, uh, give out some pictures of these kids so that you can be praying. But you can talk to Amy and Chris, Cyrus, Pamela, and uh, they will tell you about some of these good things that are going on. Well, today as we look into the Word of God, I, I want to give a title for this message as we look in chapter Matthew 19 or Matthew chapter 19. I want to give this title, Is It Worth It? Is it it worth it? As I'm reading this passage, uh, this phrase came up and I thought, man, that's a question I ask quite a bit. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to go to Africa? Is it worth it to invest here? And with this idea of investment, is it worth it? One of the questions I'd like you to start thinking about this morning and start answering, and hopefully you would wrestle with this in the coming days, but here's a question. What am I strategically investing in now? What are you strategically investing in? I'm going to write that word as strategically because I, I think it's important. Not just what are you spending and, oh, I happen to have some time and I'll give some time, but what are you strategically investing in? What, where are you putting your time Where are you putting your prayers? Where are you putting your money? Where are you putting your thoughts? Is it to try to follow Christ? Just, I I would hope that you'd examine your own heart in the coming days. Where am I investing? And then ask this question Is it to follow Christ? Or you might find out as you do this, where am I investing? Am I doing this just to keep up an appearance? And I thought, man, ouch, Scott, that that hurt me when I just asked myself that question. Am I investing in certain things just to keep up an appearance? It's like, ah, a little early on to ask such a personal question. But I thought, we got to go there. Are my investments, are they temporary? Or are my investments eternal for all eternity? I hope that you'd start thinking about this. Uh, More and more, are my investments for the now or for eternal? And then... Are these investments right now? I was thinking about church softball. Church softball, is this this an investment? It's going to be an investment of time and energy, those that play. Is, Is this just a temporary thing that has no meaning? Or could this, though it would be enjoyable, also have eternal ramifications? Investments. Are they temporary profits? Are they eternal profits? Hope that you would wrestle with it. Is it worth it? What will the payout be when I invest in these things? And we're talking about all of this in context of following Jesus. And with that, I want to look at Matthew 19, page 824. I want to start at verse 16. Jesus is on His way from Galilee up north down to Jerusalem, which means, code word, I know that the crucifixion is just around the corner. We're making our way to this city where I will be crucified. And here He is in verse 16, and we see this. Behold, a man came up to Jesus, saying, Teacher, what must... What good deed must I do to have eternal life? What good deed must I do to have eternal life? Now that's a good question to ask. And maybe some of you are even asking that today. What do I have to do to get eternal life? What do I have to do? I've heard about this. What do I have to do? Verse 17, notice what Jesus says. He said to him, why do you ask me what is good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. Now don't stop here. Here's part of the problem sometimes. We take one verse and we're like, okay, we're going to build our whole life philosophy off of one verse. Don't stop here. You might start thinking that Jesus says you can earn your salvation if you keep a list of rules. You can't. Jesus was just preparing this man's heart. He's preparing to get to the heart. Verse 18. The man said to Jesus, which ones? You said keep the commandments. Which ones? Jesus said you shall not murder. And in the top ten, this is number six in this In the Ten Commandments, he says you shall not commit adultery. That's number seven. That's in there. You shall not steal. That's number eight. You shall not bear false witness. That's number nine. Verse 19, Jesus says honor your father and mother. That's actually the commandment number five. So Jesus is sharing these. And then Jesus says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Actually, that's not one of the Ten Commandments. But it certainly can summarize most of those that you would love your neighbor. You wouldn't murder your neighbor. You wouldn't cheat on your neighbor. You wouldn't steal from your neighbor. You wouldn't lie to your neighbor. Verse 20, the young man said to Jesus, actually, all those I've kept pretty good right there. I'm not a murderer, you know, and I've been good to my parents and haven't stolen... All those I've kept, what do I lack? And Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Let me just stop there. A couple thoughts, real quickly. We have a good man here. I mean, we, we have a man that, okay, he hasn't murdered anybody, and he hasn't taken somebody else's wife, and he hasn't stolen from anybody. And we have a decent guy here. In these words, I've kept all these, but Jesus says if you want to be perfect. You can write this down. This word's also found in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. It's found in other places, but here's a word that we've used throughout this past year. It says, we proclaim Jesus and we teach and admonish everyone so that we would raise them up to be mature, complete, perfect, not lacking anything. This is the idea that we would grow up and be mature, complete, perfect in that sense. And Jesus says, if you'd want to be complete, if you want treasures in heaven, sell everything. Now, again, this is not to earn salvation. Some of you are like, well, I've never met a single person in my life that sold everything. Okay, so this is not prescription necessarily for every single one of us. If we sold everything, we'd all walk in here naked. That wouldn't be good. You wouldn't have got here because you didn't have a car. You you know, you wouldn't have food in your house. So he's not talking about everybody needs to sell something. He's just getting to the heart of this man here. Verse 22, catch this. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. See, Jesus knew this guy's struggle with wealth. He said, man, I know this guy. I know that he has a number one idol in his life. And it's the accumulation of stuff. Now, I couldn't help but think you and I, we all have some kind of an idol, right? If not one, we have multiple idols. There are things that we just live to serve. For this man, it was like, man, I've got all these possessions and I just love them. I'm a good moral person, but I just love my possessions. You have something like that. We all do. Maybe it's to be known as successful. You're just, I'm building up this reputation. I want people to look at me and go, man, I I saw myself in the newspaper this week. I saw a picture of me in the newspaper. I saw myself quoted in the newspaper. If it was my goal to be successful, I'd be like, man, that's another notch on my belt right there. I'm successful. I was actually embarrassed. That's not what I want. that's, That's not what I want. But what do we want? You want people to accept you? You want to be significant? You want people to notice you? I'll tell you, one of our idols I think is comfort. I just want a comfortable life. I'm just going to have all this money so that I can live in comfort. I want to go on vacations. I just want, I want comfort. And if Jesus poked at my comfort, I'd be like, whoa, 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 don't do that. Some of you, it's control. You just want to be in control of everything, every little thing. You want to be in control of people. And when Jesus pokes on that and says, don't be in control. In fact, trust me. Let me be in control. We're like, whoa, 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 Jesus, that kind of hurts. When Jesus pokes at this man's possessions, he's like, whoa, Jesus, stop poking there. And the question could be asked, what's this guy investing in? His kingdom that he had acquired? I don't know. Did he uh, get this inherited? I don't know. Did he earn it? I don't know, but he's building it up. He's acquired it, and what's he investing in? His kingdom or eternal life? He wants a little of both. I want my kingdom, but I would kind of like this eternal life because that sounds really good to God. The question is asked of you and me today. What are you investing in? What are you investing in? Significance? Comfort? Control? I don't know. I want more of this. Well, the story and the teaching of Jesus really gets good here from verse 23. Let me read this. And Jesus said to the disciples, now he's been talking to this man and he goes away and he's kind of like, oh man, that, that hurt where Jesus was poking. So he says to the disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, before you start saying, yeah, Jesus, stick it to the rich people. I like it when you do that. I mean, I'm not rich, but there are people, get them, God. I'm like, whoa, okay, don't go there yet. That just probably means that you have a little envy for somebody who has a little more than you, okay? So be careful that you don't go there real quickly. Now, we equate rich with money, but it could be much more than that. The fact that you have relationships, that's wealth. The fact that you have health care, if you do, you should, that's wealth. The fact that you have access to clean drinking water, that's wealth. The fact that you got here and you didn't have to walk, that's wealth. There's a lot of wealth that we have that we are unaware of. I was just reading this week that one-third of the world's population, one-third, so that's a couple billion people, do not have access to improved sanitation, That means probably flushing toilets, ability to wash their hands with clean water. Some of that we saw in Sierra Leone. They'd look at us and go, you're so rich, your church building has toilets. You have clean water all over. And Jesus says it's actually tough for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, why is that? Why is it so difficult? And the problem is we get caught in this trap, don't we, as wealthy people just consider yourself wealthy here for a moment we get caught in this trap of I just want more of it I want more comfort I want more of this I want more control of my wealth with my wealth whatever it might be there's some significance to this and before long we start saying you know what I really don't need God I just need to build up my little kingdom It's difficult for us even in this room to pursue the kingdom of God because there's so much out here for us. Now verse 25 when the disciples heard Jesus talking about this they were greatly astonished and said, "Who then can be saved?" Who can be saved? Because wealth was often a sign of obedience to God. Here's a guy, he's a good moral guy. He hasn't murdered anybody. He says that he's honored his parents. He hasn't stolen from anybody. And he's got a lot of wealth. I mean, from the Old Testament, it looks like if you follow God, he will bless you. If you obey God, he'll bless you. Jesus, they're saying, this guy's a good guy. And you're saying it's hard for him to get in the kingdom of heaven? Hasn't he been blessed? who who can get in watch what jesus says cuz i love this but jesus verse 26 but jesus looked at them and said with man this is impossible not just difficult it's impossible but with god all things are possible then Peter said in reply, See, Jesus, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Now, I want, to notice, I want us to notice some of Peter's words and consider them because I think sometimes they become our words as well. Now, they're not bad words because I don't see Jesus rebuking him, but watch this. One of the things Peter says is, We have left everything and followed you. Peter starts asking this question, is it worth it for us, Jesus, to follow you? I mean, we've left a lot. Two words I'd like you to consider when you hear Peter say, we've left everything to follow you. When you talk about following Jesus, I'd like you to consider two words. The first word is loss. I wonder if Peter's starting to think, we've lost a lot of things following you, Jesus. Loss. Do you consider following Jesus a loss? When you give money to the church, do you consider some of this as, well, I lost some of my income because I gave it away. I lost some of my time. It's a loss. Or do you see this as an investment? Write down this other word. When Peter says we've left everything and followed you, and we start asking, is it worth it? We have to consider these two words, loss or investment. So do you see following Jesus as a loss? Well, I've given up a lot of things to follow Jesus. I've done that. Or do you see it as an investment that, you know what, I've put something in and I expect a greater profit. I expect good things to happen. Do you consider following Jesus a loss or an investment? Let's be honest here for a minute. We like to do this. I'm going to uh, lose some things and I want to invest and we want to play both sides where... Well, I want what Jesus has to offer, but I kind of want to keep my stuff as well. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm torn in here. I don't know how much we have invested, but we, we're torn in this. I want both sides. I want the world, and I want Jesus. I want everything the world has to offer, but I want Jesus. Now last week, write this passage down if you weren't here, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus starts speaking about this and he says, hey, what does it profit a man, what does it profit a person if you gain everything and lose your soul? If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself. You can't play in both worlds, well, I I want the world and I want Jesus both. He says, no, you're going to have to commit to one. The rich person comes and says, Jesus, I want you. I want eternal life. Jesus says, I think you still want too much of the world. And he said, yeah, I do. And he walked away. And I hear the Lord talking to us and saying, what do you want, the world or me? And we're like, both. And he says, no, it doesn't work that way. You've got to deny yourself and follow me. And you're going to start seeing, is this a loss or is this an investment? A loss is a bummer deal. An investment is, I hope something good is going to come out of this. Is it worth it? it should be a sacrifice for us to follow Jesus. It should feel like a loss in one sense. But Jesus says it's really an investment. It's an investment. You share your time with somebody. Is that a loss or an investment? Just even the way, eh, spent three hours with that person, I'll that never get those three hours back. You're talking as a loss. Or if you can say, man, I, I spent some time, I invested three hours with this person. I don't know what the investment payoff is going to be today, tomorrow, or an eternity. Spending time with someone. Some of you give a tithe. You give 10%. Some of you give more than that. Some of you do that right away. That's the first check I'm going to send out. Is that a loss? Like, I gave some to the church. Or is it an investment? I am investing in the kingdom of God. Some of you do this with serving people. I serve their... That's how my Saturday went. I served down at the church. I served in the community. I served at my kids' school. Or is it, no, I invested there. Maybe it's an, attending church even today. At the end of the day, I was like, well, I could have been home. My yard needed some work, and I had to go to church, and you know, I was there for a couple hours. Was this a loss, or is this an investment? The rich young man, he, he's wrestling with this. I hope you and I would wrestle with this. Peter says, we've left everything and followed you. I think he's struggling. Is this a loss or investment? Now, verse 27, look at this again. Peter said and replied, see, we've left everything and followed you. He asks a question here. What then will we have? Let's consider those words. It's been three years. Jesus, I, I left a good fishing business to follow you. I've, been, I've spent three years and, man, we've had some really good moments. I mean, we've seen some miracles. Thanks for including us. Man, we've had some good buffets, you know. And, man, it's been good. But honestly, Jesus, it's been difficult. I mean, people have tried to kill us and they've said bad things about us. And Peter's asking this question, is this a loss of three years? And Jesus is saying, um, I want you to see it more as an investment. Maybe Peter's asking this question, when, if ever, will I see my investment pay off? I think that you and I ask questions like that. Come on, God. When, if ever, will I see this investment pay off? I invested in my kids. I prayed for my kids. Come on, God. When, if ever, will I see this investment pay off? Any amens to that? Sometimes you've been praying for somebody like, come on, God, when is this investment of prayer going to pay off? Did I just waste all that time? Or have I been investing? Have you been working on my heart? Have you been causing me to trust you? When, if ever, will I see this investment pay off? Is this investment worth it? I think parents, we struggle with this a lot. This week, I, I, I was just reminded of this and saying, Jesus, when, if ever, will I see this investment paid off? Raised him in the church, and I I invested in their education, and I spent time with them. And he's like, did you consider that a loss, or were you investing? And if you're investing, you're kind of asking, when's this going to pay off, aren't you, Scott? Is it worth it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm asking, is it worth it, Jesus? He's like, okay, thanks for being real with me. Sometimes we do this with health. Say, okay, I, I'm gonna, I have not had a soda now for three weeks. I'm like, I'm investing in my body. And I'm like, come on, God, when, if ever, am I going to see this pay off? Because I still seem fat. I mean, I did sit-ups this morning. How come I don't have rock-hard abs yet? All right? I mean, I'm at, truly, I'm doing that. He's like, you want to know when, if ever, this is going to pay off? I'm like, yeah. I want to know that. Some of you do that with church. You say, I've invested my time, my energy. I've mentored people. I've served people. I've given money. When, if ever, will I see this payoff? Oh, it's nice to see some pictures in Africa because I gave to that special offering. And okay, I get to see some of that. It looks like good. But I'm wondering, God, I could use that money a little more than what I'm given. When, if ever, will I see this payout? I started thinking about this and thinking, man, we're just this microwave culture where we want immediate results, don't we? So I did my stomach stretches and strengthening this morning. I'm like,
1: nope, not yet.
0: I mean, I was like hoping that you you've done this, guys, right? We lift weights and then we're like, mm, and, you know, I want the guns after one workout. We want this sometimes. We want the immediate workout, we want the immediate result. I've heard of churches saying, listen, here's what I want you to do. Why don't you, if you've never given regularly to the church, do this for 90 days. I I seriously have heard churches do this. And after 90 days, if you don't feel like you got your money's worth, if God didn't bless you, we'll give you your money back. I don't want to be too judgmental to those churches, but we won't do that here. Okay? You give... Not that we won't give it back, but listen, we won't even talk like that. You just give to the Lord. You give in obedience. When will you see that the return on that investment? I don't know. And I'm not going to promise you that it'll be here in 90 days. I'm not going to promise you that if you give to the offering or that you give of your time, that you'll get a blessing the very next day. That's not the way God works. And yet, worth it living in this microwave culture that's like, if I put money in, I'll want to see something back. I want a blessing back. When, if ever, will I see my investment pay off? I just look at Peter's words there. We've left everything and followed you. Is it worth it, Jesus? What then will we have, Jesus? Is it worth it? Now, go to verse 28. I love how Jesus responds. Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world. Actually, this, literally this means in the new Genesis. I got excited when I saw that. In the new Genesis. I mean, Genesis was good, right? In the garden, it was good. They walked with God. Everything was good. There's going to be a new one of those, Jesus says. In the new world, in the new regeneration of all things, when the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, will sit on the, his glorious throne, You who have followed me, you will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. He's talking to his disciples. But catch this, verse 29. Now he's talking about us. Catch this, verse 29. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or land, for my name's sake, catch this, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Many who are first, many who get all the blessing now, they'll actually be last and the last first. Here's what Jesus says. I love these words. Everyone who has left these things, everyone who has invested, everyone who has said, sorry, Mom and Dad, I, I've got to follow Jesus. I've got to give up this career and making money to follow Jesus. I don't know what God calls you to give up, but everyone who has left whatever this is and invested will receive, will inherit eternal life. Is it worth it then to follow Jesus? And he says, absolutely. Peter, I appreciate your question. I'm glad you're asking the question, but the answer is yes. You're asking when, if ever, you'll see your investments pay off? I want you to know this and write it down. We will see it. Jesus says, I want you to know we will see it. We will see it. Now, you're starting to ask when. Like, Hold on. We'll get to that in a minute. But understand this, that we will see that it is worth following Jesus. been praying for myself and for you that we would see that it is worth following Jesus because it is worth following him. It is worth obeying him. It's it worth obeying him right now? You're like, nah. it is. It's worth sacrificing to Jesus. It is. It's worth staying in the fight with Jesus and for Jesus. You feel like quitting. You feel like giving up. It is worth it to stay in this. It is worth it to continually invest in the ways of Jesus. It's worth it. I want you to hear Jesus. He says, you will receive this. You'll see it. Now sometimes we get to see this investment That it's worth it. Sometimes we even get to see it now. Some of the blessing is now. Write this down. Some of the blessing is now. Not necessarily dollar for dollar. I'm glad for that. He says it's actually a hundred times that. But not always, Will I put a hundred dollars in. I want a hundred dollars of blessing right now, God. It's not always that way. Let me just ask this, and I want you to respond to this. Has anyone in this room seen their own changed life because of Jesus? Right here. Anybody? All right. That is seeing some of the blessing now. Has anybody seen a changed life in somebody else that they love around them? Just Yeah. Come on. Has anybody... Seen or felt, received encouragement, comfort. Anybody? That's some of the blessing now. Does anyone gain new friends or new family by being connected with Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. You received some of that? I'll tell you, if you're not raising your hand, man you are not seeing some things right now, but I know that some of you have. I was thinking about this. Some of you have left family. To pursue Jesus. Some of you have lost family. They said, If you're going to follow Jesus, we're not talking to you anymore. You've lost, or is it an investment? Jesus says, Oh, you'll see blessing. You've actually gained new friends, you've gained new family. So sometimes we see that blessing now, but Jesus promises that much of the blessing will be later. Write this down. He says, oh, you'll see some of it now, but you will see much of it later. Look at verse 29 one more time with me, if you would. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold. And will inherit eternal life. I started thinking about that. And I thought, okay, when I give offering, and he says a hundredfold, I'm going to take, okay, I I gave that amount of money. That that would have been a nice amount to get the iPhone 10 or something like that. But God, you're telling me that somehow, maybe now, but certainly later, that you're going to reward, reward me. Your investments aren't doing better than 100%, I'll tell you that. But Jesus says, oh, if you follow me, you'll see some of it now. You'll see a lot of it now, but you'll see much more later. It is worth it. Well, how do you know this, Scott? How do you know? I mean, Jesus says this, but how do you know? And I thought, well, this is the guy who shortly thereafter, and he's been saying, I just want you to know they're going to be crucifying me. They are going to take my life, and this is actually where we've been headed all along. And they did. Well, anybody could, you know, orchestrate that. Then he said he would be raised on the third day. That's something you can't do. Uh, I'm going to let them kill me, but I'm just going to tell you right now that I'm going to be raised on the third day. And he was. And if what he says about that is true, when he says, when you invest and follow me, And you will see some of this now, a hundredfold and eternal life. You will get much of this later. I I can trust Him. Completely trustworthy. Completely faithful to us. I'm going to see some of it now. You're going to see some of it now if you stay in the fight with Jesus. But we're going to see much more later. Man. Like, wow. Thank you, Jesus. As we go... From here today, we're going to spend some time worshiping and and reflecting on this. We're going to take communion together in in just a few moments. And as we go to that, because Jesus, after he says this in Matthew chapter 19, yeah, before long he is crucified. And his body is broken. We're going to take a symbol of that today with a piece of bread. His blood is shed. We're going to take a symbol of that today by drinking a cup of juice. If you're a believer in Jesus, I'm going to invite you to come up to one of these two stations here in just a bit. We're going to sing some songs together. We're going to have people up here that you can pray with. And I just want you to ask this question to the Lord and let Him speak to you. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Was it worth dying? Was it worth the investment? And he's going to tell you, oh yeah, it was. Because you, a sinner, doomed to death, you're my child now. (laughs) It was totally worth it for me, is what Jesus says. And it was totally worth it for us. It was worth his investment. You might be asking something else, God, is it worth it to... I want to give up on my kids. I want to give up on my marriage. I want to give up with this work situation. I want to give up with life in general. Is it worth it to keep fighting? And Jesus is going to tell you the investment's worth it. It's worth it. You're going to see some of the blessing now. You're going to see much of it later. You've got to trust me on this one. We're going to eat and drink and say, thank you, Jesus. And remember that his investment was worth it. Our investment is worth it. We're going to remember Jesus. Remember the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus simply tells us that Jesus invested his life. He didn't say, well, I lost my life, you know, and I gave it up. It was an investment. He was thinking of us. He was thinking of obedience to the Father. He's like, man, if I give this life, if I take this seed and bury it into the ground, and if it dies, it's going to produce much fruit. That's encouragement for you. You're like, I'm dying right now. That's a good thing in one sense because life will come from that. I'm struggling right now underneath the dirt. And Jesus says, I know, but that's where growth comes from. I'm struggling staying in this. And Jesus says, you stay in this. The investment is worth it. The gospel of Jesus tells us that Jesus invested his life. Write this down. His pain became our gain. <laughs> his pain became our <laughs> gain. Now we get to say, wow, that's my gain. It was worth it for Jesus. And what appeared to be his loss became my life. <laughs> it looked like a loss. It was like, oh, they crucified a man. We, I thought he was going to be the one. What looked like his loss became our life. <laughs> it was worth it for Jesus. And it's worth it for you and me. It's worth it for us to stay to stay fighting, to keep following Jesus, to keep obeying Jesus. I don't know what that means for you, but I I think you know what that means for you. And if you don't, you listen to Jesus. He'll tell you what that means for you today. We'll see that, yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it. After I'm done praying and the worship team comes up here and leads us in songs. Again, if you're a believer of Jesus, come up to one of these two stations. Stay up here. Pray. Go back to your seat. You have liberty to do what you need. When you're ready, you eat, you drink, you thank the Lord. You have those tough questions. You wrestle with Him. Say, but when will I ever see my investment pay off? And He says, you you just trust me. You'll see some of it now. You'll see much of it later. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this profound and yet difficult message that you shared with the rich young man who wanted the world and wanted you, and he just couldn't give up the world. And I thank you how you responded to the disciples and you responded to our questions When, if ever, are we going to see this pay off? I pray for the parents in this room that you would help us to stay in the fight to know that the investment will pay dividends. Though we don't see it today, we haven't seen it for years, that if we continue to pray and be obedient, you will show us that the investment paid off. I pray that for grandparents here. I pray that for marriages here. God, help us. Give us the faith to believe that we are to stay in the fight for those of us who are discouraged and overwhelmed by life would you would you help us to hear these words that yeah it's worth it Jesus it was worth it for you and you were the one that said i'm going to be crucified and i'm going to be raised on the third day and it was all true you're completely faithful you're completely trustworthy Help me. Help my brothers and sisters today and this week to trust you. To double up and recommit our efforts to trust you and follow you. And to know that it is completely worth it to invest into you and a relationship with you to invest into your kingdom to invest in the hard work now. Because we will see. We will see the blessings. Some now much, much, much later because of your victory. We love you. Keep speaking to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.